Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Read More Podcast, the show that brings readers and writers together. I'm Marva Hinton. Today, we're at the Miami Book Fair with Kimberly King Parsons, the author of Black Light, a short story collection that came out this past summer. Black Light was long listed for the 2019 National Book Award. Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on Read More, and congratulations on the book. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be here. First of all, how did it feel to have Black Light be a finalist for the National Book Award? So I was shocked. Uh, I came home from book tour the day before the announcement, but honestly, um, some of my friends said, weren't you refreshing the page and to see who the winners were going to be? It was not even on my radar as a possibility of being um, being longlisted. So I, I was shocked. And then... Um, I saw I was picking up my kids or dropping off my kids at school and I saw 70 text messages from my friends in New York and I thought something horrible had happened in New York because they were all just expletives but they were positive expletives I just didn't know that at the time and um and then I checked and it was shocking but wonderful obviously well I first discovered your work in the Brooklyn Rail we actually talked about that before we started recording and uh, I read a story you wrote called Accidental Improvements that I enjoyed so much I just had to find you online and I'm so glad you didn't think I was a weirdo for doing that (laughs) not at all I love that (laughs) what is it about the short story that really excites you as a writer so short stories for me are the most compelling because of the compression and intensity of the language and so much about short stories is about the sentence level and that's what really moves me is the sort of friction between the words and um, the first thing that ever really sort of broke my heart was reading short stories Uh, Amy Hempel, Raymond Carver, Uh, Christine Scott, some of those early writers who were doing things with language that I had just never seen before. So as a young person, I was first drawn to literature through the short story. And now that's what I love to write, although I am working on something else. But yes. (laughs) Well, you really have uh, this knack about writing about people who uh, I just really wouldn't want to be friends with. I mean, these are, um, you might look at them and say, these are bad people. how would you characterize them? So yeah, you wouldn't really want to say, uh, let them house it for you, perhaps. Um, But I feel like they are all characters who are trying and failing and making mistakes. And I find them to be quite endearing in a lot of ways. And I feel like what I really am hoping to do with this book is make characters that provide moments of radical empathy on the part of the reader. So people who you are understanding are a hot mess but that you're like I really I'm rooting for them to make better decisions though they barely do they never do in fact um they're characters who are self-aware but just because they're self-aware of their bad decisions doesn't mean that they don't make those bad decisions they still continue to do so um so they are hard to love perhaps but um but I still think that there's something worth trying to to get that across to the reader these stories are also pretty dark um one of my favorites was foxes and it's about a mom and her young daughter who are trying to make it on their own after the dad leaves and the girl makes up these elaborate really disturbing violent stories about a knight in the woods who is trying to get back to his family and at one point she says the knight stabbed another man in the lung with a pencil just because and she asks if there's any better sound you know than the air seeping out 
The mom is the narrator here, and she assures us that all of this is very normal. Experts have told her that. But as we read on, we discover she's not very reliable. What is it that just fascinates you about sort of the dark side of human nature? I think that since all of my work is rooted in voice, it's really almost all of the stories except for the very last one are in first person. And so there has to be a sense of urgency as to why this narrator is suddenly telling the story. And so usually it's because they are at the edge of some sort of darkness. So they're almost there's almost an intimacy in them saying, I have to tell you this. I have to tell something, tell somebody this. And so um, so I think that those where they are tend to be these really sort of fraught moments. And those tend to be dark. Well, some of the favorites of mine in the collection were the stories that involved children. You know, a lot of times in the stories, the children were left to their own devices because their parents were either just simply absent or they were had substance abuse issues or mental health issues. And we got to see them sort of navigating the world like that and having to deal with their parents. Um, what is it that interests you about kids who are being raised in unconventional ways? So um, I'm just going to talk for a second about The Florida Project, which is a movie that I love. And since we're in Florida, why not? Um, I feel like it's doing the same thing. I just saw it recently, and I hadn't seen it before. But it's doing the same sort of thing where there are these characters, these children, who are extremely resilient in the face of very bad situations. And they're happy. Those children are still happy and joyful because that's just the nature of kids. And I love... um, I love childhood because it's this sort of state of perpetual curiosity and um, even common things seem exciting. But I also love this idea that these kids are creating their own structures, making up the rules of their games so that they can provide some structure that's not being provided to them. So that's always moved me and I love reading stories about children. There's a book called um, Stories in Another Language by Yannick Murphy that's focused mainly in childhood. there's Mark Richard, a story called Strays. That's one of my favorite stories ever that deals with um, these two young brothers. I just feel like there's something about childhood that's magic. And I, I feel like even in the face of very huge adversity, kids are always still kids. Okay, well, I'm just going to switch gears now and ask you a few questions sure. about what you like to read. Sure. Uh, if you were in a situation where you could only read three books for the rest of your life, which books would you choose to, that would allow you to still be you know, entertained and still learning something new every time? Okay, so three books. Um, first book would be Eileen Miles' Chelsea Girls, um, which is so compelling and funny, and that voice is sort of messy and rambling and sloppy and sloppy by design, and I love it, and I could I can read it over and over again. I can also dip into it at any point in the middle, three quarters through, and pick it up and love it. Um, another one for me would be Renetta Adler's Speedboat, um, which is this weird, quick, hot, fast novel that's very short, but the language is so tight and compressed, and the sentences are just like diamonds. Um, and then an old favorite of mine uh, is Amy Hempel's um, Reasons to Live, which I have a line of it tattooed on my arm. <laughs> and so it's a book that's constantly there. It was one of the first short story collections that really moved me to read, um, to write short stories. And so I, um, I find myself returning to the stories over and over again just to figure out, how did she do that? <laughs> well, now I'd like to ask you a question sort of on the flip side of that. Do you have a book that maybe the critics loved and you know seems like 
almost all the readers loved. But when you read it, either you just had a totally different opinion or you couldn't even get through it because it just wasn't doing it for you. So there's not a specific book like that, but I will say that when I hear something described as spanning generations, I'm just like, nope, not for me. There's something about um, super long novels. Some, you know, some of them can be great, but there's this lack of voice sometimes or when there's like 12 different narrators. And I really just like to sink into one voice that's very tight and close. Um, and I, I tend to prefer these weird shorter novels like Elizabeth Hardwick's Sleepless Nights or, um, as I mentioned, Speedboat. But just like that compression needs to be there. And some like Christine Scutt's novels can do this. Some some of my favorite short story writers can also write really tight novels. But there's something about these like baggy generational. Like, I don't know. It just immediately turns me off. Even just seeing something that's like a huge doorstopper. I read incredibly fast, so it's not about the time investment. It's something about baggy sentences and saggy scenes where you're like, just get to the get to the language again. Get back to that voice. Well, what are you reading right now? So I have been reading a book called Godshot by Chelsea Beaker, which will be out in April or May, and it is something very special. It's beautiful. It's about... Um, it's about religion, it's about feminism, it's about childhood and motherhood, um, and it's set in a sort of very strange place in California where there's this pastor who's moved in and made his own religion, and he's giving all of the women, all everyone actually, is giving them assignments um, that are very questionable assignments. Um, and there's it's during a drought, and it's just evocative and beautiful, and uh, I think it's going to be something that people really pay attention to when it's out. And I understand that you have a novel that is forthcoming. What can you tell us about that? So it's not much of a departure from the stories in Blacklight in terms of subject matter. It's um, it's about a woman who's living in New York who has to return to Texas where her family is going through a sort of crisis. And so um, try as I might, I can't seem to get out of Texas <laughs> as a setting for, for, my, um, for my stories. Um, but it's, yeah, she's sort of dealing with the same, there's sort of the same darker themes. Uh, her mother's a hoarder. And so hoarding becomes sort of a, a metaphor for the sort of, you know, it's a, it's a disordered thinking, but it's a physical disorder. You know, it's coming out in the space where the mother lives. And the daughter has a similar disordered thinking, but it's all internal. Um, and sort of about how the two of those bump up against each other. Um, and motherhood, it also deals with sibling relationships in the same way that some of the stories in Blacklight deal, um, because the, the narrator has a sister, um, is growing up with a sister, and there's a lot of things that are told from the past when they were kids, dealing with a sort of problematic mother. So similar themes, um, and it is also, it gets weirder by the day, and it's sort of a fractured, weird, splintered narrative. Since psychedelics play a role in it, I feel like there's this, you can sort of mess around with form quite a bit, um, and so I'm trying that, but it's a, it's a continual, it's a work in progress, and um, as I said, it gets, gets weirder every day, so... <laughs> And what is it called? Right now it's called The Boiling River. Um, who knows if that's going to stay, but at the moment that's a working title. Okay, well, Kimberly King-Parsons, I want to thank you so much for coming on to talk about your work. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. You can find out how to win a free signed copy of Blacklight on our website, readmorepodcast.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. You can also support Kimberly and the show through buying the book on our site. 
And you can follow us on Twitter at Read More Podcast and like us on Facebook. Join us again in two weeks for another edition of the show that brings readers and writers together. Until then, I'm Marva Hinton reminding you to read more.